Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Welcome back, people, to more things that we are being forced to watch and read because that's the lot that we chose in life. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, you I'm know, just joking. I, I liked everything this week. <laughs> I've uh, I've been thinking a lot about this. Number one, because uh, I've started having a little more trouble finding things to watch. So now we're going not necessarily to current season things, but just to things we haven't seen yet. Uh mm-hmm. Because I don't think I don't think anything we covered today is current except for the manga that you read. Oh man. Uh so many things to say about this manga. <laughs> <laughs> so I I was gonna say uh I I don't I don't think that's a problem. I think the original purpose of these Monday episodes was to cover new stuff, but you know, we're covering three shows and two manga a week. Uh so, you know, at some point you you kind of have to go back into the backlog. They're just not making things as fast as we are. And uh, so that's okay. Uh, to that end, I have some lists of manga and anime that we will be covering that should take us through for a while. Uh, now that I'm sort of unbinding myself from current season stuff. However, I, I am worried that I have some blind spots in current season stuff. And also I want to make sure I'm covering things that you guys want to hear about. So if you have uh, suggestions or requests, Hit us up, let us know, and we'll try to incorporate those. Um, and then also, I like how we do our Monday episodes, but I've been wondering if we should do fewer things a week just because <laughs> of how quickly we're burning through stuff. <laughs> we're not going to run out of stuff. There's so much anime and manga, but like, I don't know. We definitely are not. We haven't been doing current stuff for a while with, you know, the the odd exception of a new manga. For the most part, mm-hmm. we've been going back further and further. So that's not bad. I think it's good to give reviews on things uh, that are not necessarily current season because, you know, some people are new to anime and they maybe don't know the older stuff that was the buzz, you know, five or ten years ago. Yeah, but, somebody somebody left a somebody just left a wonderful review very recently ooh. that was talking about how they had missed like like a bunch of shows that we have been covering inside of our weekly jump coverage and uh they were like I had no idea about this show and this show and I was just like yes this is what we made this for. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Uh that is what I want. However, I I could be persuaded to have us cut down on the number of things we cover. I think the Monday show would still be successful even if we covered only one anime and one manga a week. Mm-hmm. Just because that way we could talk about them a little more in depth. Also, the title would make a little more sense of the way we do the titles for this episode. Uh <laughs> But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure a lot of you out there who enjoy the Monday episodes would not be interested in having us change up the format too much, uh, particularly covering fewer things. But if you are interested in having either shorter episodes or episodes where we go more in-depth on things or, you know, I, I don't know. I watched three episodes of both of my anime this week. I've been trying to do that, but it's not possible every week. So, you know, if you want me to cover fewer things because then I'll probably be able to cover more of that thing at a time. You know, I don't know. Let me know what you think. 
Uh, I also haven't talked to Spencer about this, so I don't know what he thinks. We'll probably talk about that off the air. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think the Monday episodes like are going. I like we bring up bring up new things like you're part of you're part of the creative team guys so like you know <laughs> yeah i mean we're we're gonna decide what's best for the show but uh part of that is understanding how you guys are receiving the show and i don't think you're receiving it poorly but i do think that you know the monday episodes we're on number 18 so these are still pretty new uh so if mm-hmm. you if you've got feedback i think now's a good time to give it to us and let us know what if any changes you would like to see? What if any changes you would be maybe not uh, maybe not like to see, but would be okay with seeing? Uh, what changes you think would be a bad move? That kind of stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just fishing fishing for feedback here because the last couple of weeks the scheduling for this has gotten a little off the original intent in some ways that I'm okay with, and in some ways that I feel a little dubious about. Yeah. Anyways, uh, with with all this stuff, for sure, we just we want to have more of a conversation and a back and forth with everybody. So, like, if if you have things that you want to change or update or things like that, just let us know. Yeah, um, I'm also like willing to like go in depth and do like a follow along. Uh, you know, go back for a season two of something. Oh yeah, um, that's another thing. If you want us to revisit something, uh, mm. especially things that have new seasons. But yeah, uh, revisiting something, things with new seasons, or even if there are people that are like, hey, I think you watched, you know, one episode of this. And if you had made it to three episodes, you would have felt differently or whatever. You know, uh, we we are willing to entertain those things uh, again. You know, obviously, we've got to put together the show. So your, you know, your requests may not always make it into the show f- as final but uh, if we don't hear them we can't consider them so please let us know any feedback really any suggestions whatever um that we can take into account while we're you know constantly refining this thing yeah uh with that being said before we get into blake's uh anime screen time of the week um again we are still doing the same giveaway um it is the first three bound volumes of the transformers manga um so if you want that you need to shoot us a message in any way or form uh that just says more than meets the eye to us um again these are hardback manga volumes they're pretty dope um so if you want uh to be a part of that giveaway you just need to reach out and uh with that being said what did you watch this week i watched a little show called a gretzko uh, Agretzko is uh, not that little. Actually, it's pretty popular. I think even non-anime fans, a lot of them have heard of it. That is because this is a big net, not a sponsor, original anime. Um, it's also done by the same uh, creative studio, or I don't, I don't know the exact terminology for it, but the same people who do Hello Kitty do Agretzko. Uh, this is not a Hello Kitty anime, however. <laughs> It's just a similar design sensibility. Agretzko focuses on, I believe she's a red panda. Uh, it, it's a it's a world of people, but all the people are animals. It's not not similar to Beastars, which uh, if you missed our review of Beastars, that's just Zootopia, the anime. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Agretzko is not like that. It's it's basically regular everyday people. But they just happen to be cute little anime animals. Uh, just just add some spice to it. Uh, it's also done in a really uh, 
not cartoony is not the right way to say it. It's very stylized in that the designs are really simple. Lots of bright colors, lots of thick lines. It's not, it doesn't look like most anime out there. Um, if you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, Agretzko focuses on this girl named Retzko. She, uh, she has graduated college in the sort of tag at the beginning of the first episode. And she is looking forward to her, life as an adult she i think has a job lined up and she's really excited and then the show picks up properly five years later and she's been at i believe the same job for that whole time she works as an accountant and uh the the show is essentially about the sort of soul crushing uh experience of being a kind of low-level worker be at a corporate company. Um, and so it it's, this is not going it, to, it's, it's got some like adult language and stuff. So it's not a one for, sh- for kids, but they also, I don't think they would really get it. Uh, but for adults, it's very relatable. I uh, also have worked in a corporate environment that was sometimes good and sometimes not good. I would say Retzko's corporate environment is constantly not good and to a much greater degree than my personal experiences. But that feeling of just sort of being in the doldrums, in the churn of of being an adult who has to go to work and, and has those kinds of responsibilities and often has to put up with people that are kind of frustrating or unsavory in various ways is really relatable to people. So uh, this is definitely not going to be for everybody. It is kind of it's kind of a dark comedy and um, you just, you follow Retzko as she goes through her daily life, mostly at least for the first three episodes centered on her, her office job and the kind of stresses that are, that are bouncing from that. So when you see her not at the office, she's usually um, talking about or thinking about things that are related to what, what is happening at the office. Um, The, the show was pretty good, I thought. Uh, there were parts of it that didn't grab me, but by the time I was, you know, a full episode in, I was enjoying myself pretty well. It's kind of heavy. Uh, it's definitely, for me, I had a little bit of a hard time buying in totally just because the the sort of, like, I don't know, existential malaise of the show is really real. It's It's kind of funny because the characters are charming, and there are these like super stylized or over the top bits, but the sort of underlying story and drama of it is related to, you know, people being in charge who shouldn't be in charge or people who are taking advantage of their position to be a jerk. And just, just the sort of like frustrations and indignities of adult life. So uh, it's really, it's really good if that's something you, you think you might find yourself interested in. Uh, but it's definitely not going to be for everyone. I would in, I would suggest that people check it out if it sounds at all intriguing and see if the way that it manifests what it's trying to do works for you. I think for me, it worked most of the time, and I could definitely see myself watching more of this. Uh, another bonus is that the episodes are only about 15 minutes long, so um, they're a little bit shorter little more bite-sized than your average anime episode um, cutting off about 10 minutes. So you can get, you know, you can get through 
um, two episodes in almost the time it takes you to get through one episode of like Naruto or something. Um, Mm -hmm. So you can really, you can really pound these down or fit them into a smaller, a smaller than average time that you would, you know, if you're allocating time for like an episode before you go to an appointment or something like that, a Gretzko is going to fit into smaller time periods. Um, Lots of good things to say about it. It's also uh, a Gretzko. I think the title is a portmanteau of the word aggressive or aggression and the, the title character's name Retzko because uh, a running gag in the show is that she sort of has internal explosions of rage. And sh- these are expressed usually once or twice an episode by her going into sort of like a screamo metal song and, uh, and sort of scream singing about whatever thing she's dealing with. And, uh, you know, I, it, it's cute. It's a, it's a cute device. I enjoyed it. I thought this was a good show. Cool. Well, uh, my screen time of the week, I watched uh, Onohana, the flower we saw that day. This show, I was convinced that we had already watched on this, um, but it turns out that we hadn't. Um, it is a show that is gonna make you feel some feels. Oh. Um, so it is a slice of life with a caveat. Um, if you are planning on watching the show, um, you should know first and foremost my review on it really quick, which is that the animation is very good. The story is very interesting. It is very heavy. It deals with a very, very heavy subject. So just be aware that if you're somebody that doesn't like to wade into those because it might be too difficult to deal with, there is a lot of um, a, a a lot of talk of death that is going to happen inside of the show. So if that is going to be very heavy and weigh on you because it is it is very slice of life, it, it might not be the one for you. Now. Mm-hmm. Those that are continuing on with us, um, or at least not skipping ahead a couple of minutes, um, I would say that this show has a very interesting way that it tell it talks about grief. So the way that this show is portrayed is that it's a young man and he's dealing with um, he, he's dealing with basically living by himself and going about his normal everyday life, except for there's a young girl that seems to be attached to him and following him around. Um, when people talk about uh, him and talk to him, they seem to talk around her. And it turns out uh, that you find out that she has died. Um, and this is the grief albatross that he has hung around his neck to deal with in everyday life. Mm-hmm. It causes him to not be able to concentrate. Um, we, uh, inside of the first episode, you're not given to exactly what happened inside of this, other than he was very connected with this child or this person that he is connected with. Um, she's a young girl. Um, it seems like she may have died when she was young as well. Um, the last thing that you see inside of the first episode is the go- him going to his old clubhouse and meeting up with an old friend of his. They flash back to when they were young they both look like they're young kids and the character that we have seen that has been hanging around him the whole time she is the same age inside of the flashback that she was um then so something happened in his past it caused the death of this other character and he is carrying around with him it is it is very well done it 
for a slice of life, it has a good twist, and it also has a very heavy and beautiful sound sound. Uh, uh, I wanted to say soundscape, but it's more like a musicscape um, because it's it's not so much like um, like feeling sounds that's going to make you move forward. It's more like beautiful music that matches along with. Uh, the pacing of the show. Um, and I, I really, I really, if you're somebody who likes Slice of Life and is okay with dealing with something that is heavy, and you might be in for a good cry for anime, this show might be good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to pick up one of those and you're prepared for, uh, uh, you know, to get a little bit thrashed emotionally, um, this is this is definitely one that I would recommend. Okay, uh, well... I think our page flips are going to move away from the existential dread of being an adult or the, you know, (laughs) weepy drama of losing someone you love. And uh, I'm going to flip into a little manga called fairy tale Rhodonite. Fairy tale Rhodonite is a side story of the, you know, hugely popular and long running series fairy tale. I have read the first volume of fairy tale the the main series as well as watched probably like 20 or 30 episodes. Uh, and it's a series that I find intriguing. Although I think the, mo- the anime is a little bit of a letdown that because they use a lot of CG to, to smooth over the magic sequences and the fighting and, and, you know, they're in the early season, so they don't have a lot of money. Um, so, so my attitude toward fairy tale is one of curiosity that, uh, has been vaguely explored and that exploration has led me to feeling a little let down. Uh, that said, it is a series I still find myself interested in. And fairy tale road Knight was one of the manga volumes that was sent to me and I read it and it was good. I think the artwork is really lovely. I think that uh, the story is, it's not, it's not spectacular in the way that it like, you know, changes the world or moves mountains or anything like that. Uh, I, I found it to be a, a pretty standard story, it, uh, but Rhodonite kind of has, uh, it has like two, two side stories contained within the first volume and they all, they they kind of begin and end within that volume. And I don't think it's really meant to be more than a series of vignettes and it totally works. It was fun. It focuses on a different wizard than um, Natsu uh i don't remember his name he does something with metal he's like a metal alchemist uh wizard he's a metal wizard and uh <laughs> i think he becomes a major player he's so metal <laughs> <laughs> i think he becomes a major player in the series past where i've made it in the anime because i think he's like shown up once or maybe he appears in the intro or something like that uh, but he's not a character that I actually knew before reading this. And this definitely takes place like much further into the series or maybe after the main fairy tale series has ended or something. Uh, I, I don't know because I am uh, theoretically still interested in fairy tales. So I largely want to avoid spoilers. So uh, my vibe as something of an outsider was that this was a pretty fun adventure. It had some cool shonen fights uh, the art was good. The storytelling was, you know, relatively standard, uh, somewhat predictable, but not bad uh, by any means. You know, there's there's not it's not always wrong or bad to be predictable and standard if you're, you know, doing something to to spruce it up. And I think that this story had more than enough fun to spruce it up. And I, I really enjoyed reading it. 
Um, it was also, I had not read the first volume of fairy tale by the time I read this. So this was my first fairy tale manga that I read and it made me interested in reading the fairy tale manga. And, uh, I have since done that, which I also enjoyed. So, um, I'm definitely going to give this one a thumbs up. I, I think that if you are not already interested in fairy tale, and if you don't enjoy just kind of like, you know, the magical battles of your average shonen anime, you are not going to be interested in this. But if you are shonen trash like me, uh, and or a fan of fairy tale, which you know is a version of shonen trash because it's a shonen show that's relatively standard, uh, I would say this is something that uh, should definitely pique your interest. Cool. So my page fl- flips for the week um, was called Guardian of the Witch. Um, if you have not heard about this anime and you like uh, you like Attack on Titan, but you wish there was more magic in it, you're going to effing love Guardian of the Witch. Interesting. Um, so Guardian of the Witch, uh, le- let me break this down for you real quick and let me uh, tell me if you've heard about this before. Um, it's about a young boy who's dealing with a group of gigantic monsters that are trying to break into his town um, that is surrounded by a giant wall to eat all the people that are inside. Um, and when he was younger, uh, his family was all eaten by these monsters. Huh. Is Sounds that the first episode of Attack on Titan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that is an exact description of Attack on Titan. So uh, exactly interesting. So here's the spin they do on it instead, which makes me want to read it uh, continuously until I am done reading all of it. Yeah, and this is Guardian, this is pretty recent, right? And only ran for like twenty chapters or something. Mm-hmm. So pretty pretty bite sized. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to continue on. It might. Um, no, but, I think it's uh, over already. Okay, well, anyways, so Guardian of the Witch deals with uh, our main character. Um, He is a young warrior who is tasked with guarding a witch who is protecting the town from these uh, monster evils that are like just demon monsters that are outside of the town. Um, The witch seems to be a spoiled, rotten girl um, who is used to getting her way and treats him like crap. Um, He is a a young boy who is trying to convince all the other warriors in town to stop relying on this weapon, which is a witch, to protect their town. And instead, um, they should become stronger so they can fight the uh, monsters themselves. Because when he was younger, the witch took too long to deal with the monsters that were in town, and that's what killed his entire family. Uh. So... Um, we find out inside of the first chapter, though, that he is actually being tasked to kill the witch. And the reason why mm. is because the leader of the town that he is in charge of lets him know that a witch is actually a evil monster that is trapped inside... Uh, uh, the evil monster has been trapped inside of a girl. They pick like 10,000 girls at a time. One in 10 will survive being able to take in the demon blood. Um, of those one of uh, 10 out of 10,000, um, another one in uh, 100 will survive not going crazy and killing themselves after that. Um, and the, they become witches. However, the monster that is inside of them will slowly take over their body until their body becomes a monster and they will 
turn on you. And so he has been tasked to kill her before she turns, and they'll get, then get a new witch afterwards. He goes against this because he is not okay dealing with this and deciding to kill uh, this girl that he is slowly becoming uh, frustratingly attached to. Um, and he protects and saves her, and that breaks the pact that he is decided to go with at the beginning of this manga, and so that it, that gives us our story moving forward. So it starts out as like a, a, a weird magical Attack on Titan ripoff, um, but then it starts to take its own turn and spin, so I am very interested and willing mm. to continue moving forward with it. And cool. speaking of magic, our ah. tag team of this week is the ancient magus bride and i love this show this is the kind of show that i have looked for forever for the fantasy realm almost close to a miyazaki-esque um mm. build um because man oh man this show first and foremost it deals with like people being chatteled into slavery which is very intense um, it also deals with magical beings that just exist inside of a world, um, which is very interesting to me. And then it takes a weird spin where you take the main character, which is the Mage of Thorns. Um, I don't know. Would you call him the main character or would you call her the main character? I would call her the main character, but uh, he's pretty close. I mean, he he's kind of, you know how Harry Potter is the main character of Harry Potter, but like Ron and Hermione are pretty big deals. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the story involves or revolves around them. So I, I definitely think she's the main character because the story is kind of like about her and it's from her perspective. Yeah. I, like, I, I don't would think, say I don't think we ever see anything that she is not directly involved in, at least on the first yeah, three episodes. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. Uh, I would say that it, it's, it's of, it's of the same ilk as something as Howl's moving castle where, mm, yeah. you know, Howl is very, very important, but arguably he is not the main character. Yeah. Um, it, it's exactly like that. Actually. That's a really good comparison. This yeah. also made me think, it has a similar vibe to a show we covered that I think came out after this um, called uh, Somali and the Forest Spirit. Yeah, um, it sort of. I, I would say that it, it has it has a, the same vibe, mm -hmm. but more so it, it, it deals with it deals with a lot weirder of a subject matter, I would say, than humans being a endangered species. Yeah, I, I would say Somali and the Forest Spirit feels really, really similar. And my reaction to this is pretty similar to that. But I mentioned during our review of Somali that uh, there was a hint of like made in abyss feelings for me where I was like, this is cute. And it seems designed to be cute to me. But there's also a sense of like foreboding. And I don't. I think Ancient Magus Bride is that without any of the foreboding. Like, this yeah. is so... I was just watching it, and I was like, watching this is relaxing. Like, yes. Uh, yes. It, I was going to say this. It has yeah. Mushishi. It's Mushishi. Oh, it's my God. It's re yeah, really similar to Mushishi, which we yeah. should also cover on this at some point. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I think that one of the things that makes you so relaxed inside of it is because the Mage of Thorns is so... He's so 
foreboding and scary when you look at him, but every reaction you get from him is just, like, caring, loving, and not hateful. Instead, he's just like this, uh, you know, this ancient being who is trying to guide this young girl through the world in order to become somebody he can connect with later on. Yeah, so just... The the premise is that she she as our main character uh, is going to I think her name is Chise right and and yeah, she's Chise. Chise basically sells herself into slavery and they keep calling her something and I meant to put on the subtitles to figure out what exactly they were saying I think it's just a thing that's made up for this world but the impression that I get is that she is a normal human that was born with some sort of innate magical ability or spiritual sense or something like that. Like there are a few right. times that the, that um, the wizard uh, or the, the magus comments that she can see things that other people can't see. And, you know, she has a, a sort of innate latent magical ability. And so it seems like whatever this is that sort of set her apart from the average human um caused her to have a really tough childhood. There was some, some, I would say light emotional abuse from her mother, uh, light from the perspective of us as viewers, not from the perspective of her as the character receiving it. Um, yep. it, it this is not crazy hard to watch. It's more of a tragic backstory than a like horrible thing that you're forced to sit through. But like the mom will say things like, Oh, you should never have been born. Maybe I should never have had you stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so this girl's carrying a lot of sorrow. It seems it's not shown. And so I don't think very much of a trigger warning here, um, unless you're just like super susceptible to uh, suicide triggers, but it does seem like the main character was intending to kill herself when she was instead made an offer to, uh, you know, sell herself as a magical slave auction item. Uh, And then the Magus finds her and buys her and is going to make her his apprentice and also would like to make her his bride. And what's crazy is the bride thing isn't creepy at all. She's creeped out by it, but he's just like, that's what I would like. And, uh, you know, let's talk about it. He's not like he's not being pervy. He's not forcing himself on her. It doesn't feel inappropriate. It's just like. He's just like, this is what I would intend to do, and that's my proposal. Yeah. Do you know what my favorite way to kind of uh, spin this and to understand it is? And there was a great explanation that this person on Reddit said about Angel's Magus Bride when I was reading it uh, or reading about it today after watching these episodes. Um, Somebody compared it to um, vampires and vampires that fall in love with, like, actual humans. And the biggest reason why that comparison is so good is think about it from the perspective of like this mage that seems like he is eternal. He is going to exist for a, a, a you know, millennia's or a, a massive amount of time, right? Yeah. So this person that he is connected with, he understands that, like, he's going to need to mold this person and make them into uh, the full-fledged being that they, he thinks that they can become. But he's like, when you become of age, that would be like, you should connect with me at that point, and you have reached that much maturity, I would hope that you would have fallen in love with me by that point because he understands time in a very different range than we understand time and it puts a real perspective on 
um, there's there's a character inside of um, oh gosh, uh, the the show and the uh, the comic book preacher. Um, he is a vampire who exi- has existed for a very long time, and he talks about the fact that he's just like, look, I'm gonna fall in love with you, and we can have an affair, but we can at at some point I'm gonna leave. And when I leave, you can't come find me and you have to move on with your life because I can't deal with leaving people and them funding me anymore because it's too hard. And the way that he is explaining this is not to someone that he is in a love affair with. Instead, he is talking to his son because he's like, my son, I keep on having to pick up and see him throughout his life. And you see your main character who is a vampire and he is uh, like in his mid thirties, but his son who he's having to deal with is dealing with Alzheimer's because mm-hmm. he is in his eighties. And he's just like, I want you to turn me to a vampire because I don't want to die. And it's unfair that you did this to me. And so it's, it's such a, weird and upsetting spin on it but i think that that's what he's getting at here is that he's trying to find a mate that he could connect with at in a point in her life when it would be appropriate for that amount of time and then it would be okay after that and yeah, i think I, that that is one is a cool spin on this character i think you're probably right or at least in the correct ballpark uh, i would say definitely sort of to that end It's like, again, it doesn't feel sexual. And honestly, it doesn't feel romantic. And not in in the way that like, ugh, this isn't romantic. But just like, he's just saying a thing. Honestly, it sounds, when he's saying like, I intend for us to be married. And like, he talks in the second and third episode about planning their honeymoon. And it's just like, he is just stating this. Like, he's like, we are, we're together now. You are my apprentice uh, I, I took you, you know, I, I bought you at this slave auction, but then I immediately freed you because my intent wasn't to have you as a slave. It was to have you as an apprentice, but like, we're, we're a partnership and I would like for us to be companions. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel like he's trying to force anything on her necessarily. Uh, and that a part of that has to do with his attitude as well. Like he is just, a matter of fact dude he's pretty phlegmatic and like he just he says what he's thinking and is very chill and nonchalant about the whole thing yeah. and so he is just this like gentle calming uh you know unintimidating unthreatening presence and mm-hmm. uh, this the whole show is like that i was sitting there and i was like This is a show, if somebody came to me and was like, hey, we have been stuck in our homes for a year and I am pulling my hair out. I just miss going places and I miss things being simple and easy. I would be like, watch The Ancient Magus Bride. I I hope it doesn't go off the rails. I, I have no idea. I watched the first three episodes and they were just so soothing and so interesting because it's just... It's just you discovering that there is magic and that there are magical places and there are magical beings and all you're doing is learning about it. And the world, nobody is being very antagonistic. There is even like something that seems like it's going to be dark or like, I don't know, an exciting 
you know, nail biter. And about three seconds after it initially happens and gives you that impression, you're like, Oh no, this is super chill. And everybody is totally chill about it. And so like, it was just, I was just like totally sucked in, but also just like kind of in a warm and fuzzy place the whole time I was watching this. Yeah. So if you are interested in stuff like this, you should definitely pick this one up. Um, yeah. Even if it goes a weird direction that we are not predicting, um, you should still watch it because it's going to be a good ride. No, um, also, we're, we're shown in trash and this is not shown in at all. And we loved it. Nope. So I would say yep. check it out. It, unless this is just text all of your disinterested boxes, I would check it out and see if it, it grabs you. Yeah. With all that being said, stick with us after these credits and we'll give you another important life lesson. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind podcast network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, anime fans. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a site dedicated to all things geeky. From video games to anime, D&D, board games, comics, and more, since 2015, we've worked to provide fresh geek content and reviews every week. A big part of our content expansion has been the creation of our very own podcast network, of which this very show is a part of. And if you're listening to this, chances are you need no introduction to Blake and Spencer, who offer two shows every week covering anime and manga series, both new and old. However, if you're looking for more podcasts to fill your commute, or maybe your new working from home arrangement, we've got a few other shows to spotlight that would be a great addition to any Geek's Media menu. First, there's Comic Book Keepers, where you can join Lance and Chris as they discuss comic books, heroes, and their impact on our lives. If comics aren't really your thing, maybe you're looking to find something exciting out in the geekosphere, do a little exploring, maybe, you can check out John and Ben's Geek Exploration podcast. They cover a variety of topics from video games to the latest Disney announcements, game shows, and more. A real grab bag of geekdom and a fantastic addition to your weekly listening. Maybe you're a Dungeons & Dragons fan. Well, I would invite you to join the Knights of the Rolled Table, a comedic and family-friendly audio drama featuring a cast of improv actors bringing their unique flair to D&D. Whatever your geeky interests, chances are we've got a podcast for you, and we're excited to offer convention access, giveaway content, and more as part of our continued partnership with Blake & Spencer Get Jumped. See you next time. We'll see you next week, and until then... Look. You may have little pixie monsters that come to your window and tell you to come into the forest and go into a rock with them. It's going to be your choice at the end, but I'm pretty sure they're going to eat you. I'm yeah, just I, saying. I don't think I, you should go I into the rock. I felt like they're probably going to eat you. Don't go into the rock. <laughs>